Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Businesses and investors are increasingly seeking properties equipped with sustainable features. And that drive for energy efficiency not only fits with global and society goals, but also makes financial sense in the long run. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about trends in the ever-changing world of commercial. Building upon our previous discussion in the episode I shared a couple of weeks ago about the challenges that lie ahead, I want to share with you trends that we're observing right now in our own patch. These observations are not distant speculations in the newspaper. They're real-life occurrences and patterns that we're witnessing firsthand on a day-to-day basis. I'm going to explore a myriad of different dynamics that are shaping the commercial property landscape, at least in our unique corner of the world, anyway. Now, in that episode, I mentioned some of the obvious front and centre trends that have materially impacted investors this year, particularly those that are coming to the end of finance deals or energy contracts. And we spoke about financing options for commercial property investments, which have been evolving, as we all know, and the costs are still on the rise. As money becomes more expensive, investors are forced to analyse investment decisions more meticulously, which isn't a bad thing. A deal still has to stack up, right? But as the process of widening yields, in other words, the amount of return people are looking for, slowly reaches the expectations of sellers, the sales prices will change accordingly. That part always takes a little bit of time to catch up, though. But prices should start coming down. The other big trend we spoke about is energy costs and the emphasis on energy efficiency. Businesses and investors are increasingly seeking properties equipped with sustainable features. And that drive for energy efficiency not only fits with global and society goals, but also makes financial sense in the long run. As an investor, understanding energy efficiency features in properties and their appeal to our customers can give you a competitive edge. It just comes at a varying degree of cost or investment. This separation, though, is going to become more and more stark. And what I mean by that is buildings that have more energy efficiency um, features and their operating costs are lower are going to become more and more attractive and more the default of what customers want. And I appreciate it's going to come at a price, so they're going to have to take that a view on that too, as are we as investors as to how we're going to position our properties. But nevertheless, it's a huge trend. And I also mentioned that long tail, the drag from the recent sharp changes. And this is going to continue to shape our market. Interestingly, tenants and clients are increasingly looking for spaces that cater to niche markets. They want more quirky spaces, at least some of them do, with connection and experience. And this fits into our world very neatly. 
the opportunity is there for property investors to explore redevelopment projects. So that's repurposing spaces to suit these unique business needs. And by recognising capitalising on some of these niche demands, we can unlock hidden potential in problem buildings in areas and places where people just haven't seen any opportunity. So let me tell you about some of the other observations of changing uh, customer habits and demands, some of which I've shared in the past, but quite a few are new. So let's just dive in. Therapy businesses. <laughs> it's a thriving sector. It still seems to be on a steady rise, continuing to show robust growth in demand, certainly for our buildings. And this trend can be accessible for new commercial property investors. I often tell new investors this is something to look at straight away. You could potentially have um, low-hanging fruit in your local market that isn't being satisfied because at the moment these businesses are being catered to in garages, the back of hairdressers, not really in great spaces. They do require a bit of meaningful thought, particularly in terms of design. So, you know, you need to accommodate their specific requirements, such as things like soundproofing, um, privacy, of course, but some want reception areas too for uh, customers that are waiting and often, but not always, access to water. And by recognising the demand for therapy spaces and finding buildings that will suit that and thinking cleverly about the design, you could really tap into a great sector in the market. A standout trend, which I haven't mentioned before, but we've noticed in the last 9 to 12 months, is the rapid expansion of the care sector. Now, I don't mean in terms of we're providing care homes. I just mean we're witnessing a significant rise in inquiries for back office and admin for support care facilities. So this isn't for people that are going into care homes. This is for looking after people who are still at home. And these businesses, there are we're getting lots of inquiries from them. And I'm sure it's not just in our area. But let's face it, this is one of the most profound trends that's going to reshape the property and business landscape anyway. And, you know, this, this is talking about an ageing sector, an ageing population, sorry. And it's no doubt feeding the previous trend I was just talking about with wellness spaces. The demographics of our ageing population is undergoing a seismic shift. By 2030, experts are predicting that nearly one in four people in Europe and North America will be 65 years or older. And this is going to bring about significant changes, including in our sector of commercial real estate. I mean, interestingly, a significant number of those older adults are choosing to continue to work past retirement age. So this has implications for us as commercial property investors, especially in sectors that offer maybe flexible workspace. Think about it. Tailoring office spaces to accommodate an ageing workforce requires some thinking, ergonomic design, increased accessibility, and facilities that support health and wellness. There it is again, right? As businesses and our space customers continue to recognise the value of experienced staff, demand for office spaces that cater to maybe an older demographic is likely to increase. It'll be interesting to see how many forward-thinking investors see this as an opportunity and factor into design new spaces that align with some of the requirements from an ageing workforce. One to watch, I think. Container storage. It's still strong. What more do you want me to say? <laughs> you know my feelings on this sector. We've recorded a number of episodes about this great business model. 
the need for access and secure storage, sorry, the need for accessible and secure storage is consistently high. Because this is a growth sector, one could argue it's more about quantity right now rather than quality. However, in time, it will be increasingly important to differentiate your offer in a more competitive market. The parallel trend to the growth in demand is the number of new container businesses arriving in the market because the barrier to entry is relatively low. Okay, flexible workspace. There's an evolution going on there. Flexibility is definitely the new currency in workspace. Large office spaces and their owners are experiencing some rapidly changing dynamics. We've noticed that larger lease spaces are coming back on the market as a normal part of the lease cycle. However, reletting them isn't guaranteed and is slow and it certainly isn't on the same terms. As you'll no doubt be aware in the wider market, some of these larger spaces are not refilling at all. But on the other end of the spectrum, serviced office providers are struggling to meet the growing demand. This is a strong trend and has been talked about more in national forums. This is where basically operators are filling up their buildings. A lot of them are doing rent to rent to do fast growth, but what they're doing is filling up the buildings and seeking more because the demand is so strong, because that flexibility is what businesses are looking for. So the size of the pie may or may not be getting, sorry, yes, the size of the pie, let me get that right, may or may not be getting bigger, but the piece that flexible workspace is taking is getting larger and larger. That is a growth sector. So following on from that, let's quickly talk about hybrid office spaces. And this is where things get a little bit confusing when you talk about flexible space, hybrid space, working from home and all these other titles and descriptions. But under that miscellaneous banner, I'll just mention a couple of things. So firstly, working from home. There are certainly some that do truly work from home, but many others are drifting back to the office, either on a full-time or a part-time basis. And that's where the term hybrid comes in, I guess. What we're seeing is increasing numbers of people who want to work near home, but not from home. And this is where shared spaces and smaller regional offices are making a difference and facilitating this change. And typically under this hybrid model, businesses are seeking smaller office spaces for the same number of people. It's just that not everyone will be in at the same time. And we're seeing Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays as the busiest are our locations, closely followed by Monday, has to be said, which is improving all the time. But Fridays are still the quiet days. And I had to chuckle to myself when this week I saw the reports coming out of Zoom. The company we've all become very familiar with during COVID and lockdown. Many of us, including myself, still use Zoom. It's fundamentally changed the way we work because it makes things much more efficient. It's a much more efficient use of our time having meetings without having to travel all over the place. But of all the businesses to announce they want staff to come back to the office, Zoom's got to be the one that brings the biggest laugh. Because if Zoom can't make working from home work, how are the rest of us going to do it? Another part of the hybrid revolution is the use of meeting room space. Businesses are seeking meeting room use for specific time slots on a regular basis, sometimes up to a week at a time. This is just something we've recognised and we've been seeing. I think there's others in the sector having the same, but this is often to bring 
the team together because they're maybe working from home and doing the hybrid thing or to do training to a bigger group. And although meeting rooms are comparatively expensive on an hour-to-hour basis, they're far cheaper than renting a full-time office. Now don't get me wrong, not all of our customers give us stuff about hybrid working or working from home or fancy meeting rooms. They just want their space with one bill and no property management concerns so they can just get on with doing what they do best. And that's just fine. I'm going to move on to apart hotels. It's something different. As an an alternative to traditional accommodation, both for short stay and extended stay, so we're just talking about holidays here, apart hotels are offering a unique blend of convenience and more homely comfort, but without the fuss you might experience at a bed and breakfast or a more traditional hotel. And of course, prices compared to hotels are fairly reasonable. Now, improved technology is really making this trend accelerate. Exploring opportunities in apart hotels can definitely lead to some very interesting, innovative project developments with buildings that just aren't working anymore for other uses. It might be that they're B&Bs or hotels, but changing the offer changes the way and the, the efficiency of the building. Okay, moving on to more of an observation, actually rather than actual experience for me, because we don't really invest in retail. But it seems to me that some of the high street shops that filled up after COVID are now becoming vacant again and sitting a little bit. And this could be just something that's local to me, and if that's so, then great. But the areas I'm talking about are secondary locations and market towns, where the trend after COVID was for people to shop near a home. And some of these places quietly filled up. But I do wonder whether a change in habits and the increased business costs have made some of these businesses less viable, at least until costs change. Again, just an observation may or, not be, may or may not be true in your location. Now, you may have noticed by now there's a loose thread running through these observations. Some of them will be of interest to you and others won't. It's really me giving you a bit of a brain dump because I've been asked quite a lot recently about trends and what I think's happening. So I'm just going to put down all the different things that we've been seeing and experiencing in our business. But remember the small print, we are only a very, very tiny part of the overall market in a very small part of Scotland. And what we experience in our target areas may be completely different in others. Having said that, there will be some similarities. Right, let's press on. By going back to the start, energy. (laughs) We've been renewing contracts steadily throughout the year. And I have to say that current pricing, as of the end of July, start of August 23, is pretty much the lowest it's been since the spikes. In terms of the futures, market prices have levelled off. Or some would say they've bottomed out. And that's been for several months now. And although there are fluctuations on a daily basis, sometimes by a fair amount, we are not very far away from the long-term price average pre-2019. Before 2019, the price, the average price, depending on how far back you go, was probably around about £60, £70. We're sitting at about 80 I think, of today, something like that. But anyway, the point I'm making is that it was up at 700 So 700 pence, sorry. We're now sitting at 80 pence, sorry. This is the gas prices. But that naturally feeds into the electricity prices. So anyway, all the agents are trying to sell energy contracts 
And of course, they're naturally saying, prices are about to go up, prices are about to go up. But I'll leave you to think about that one. The long-term average seems to be getting better. It does, of course, reflect on the whole energy efficiency of investment properties and the appeal to clients and operators of minimising those operational costs, as we said earlier on. But let's hope the price reduction trend continues. Now, one thing, just as a side, the whole energy crisis has done for me personally is really focus my interest in the energy market, the future of production, transmission and storage of energy. And by that, I really mean electricity. I think there's going to be massive opportunities within this industry, both for those who jump with both feet in and for those of us who work on the consumer side of the meter rather than the supply side. So we could invest on the supply side, but there's lots of opportunities going to be coming up for our side of the meter. And as I get more knowledge and experience, I'll be sharing more of this stuff with you. We have installed biomass, we do have solar panels, and we have EV charge points, but we haven't scratched the surface of our solar capabilities across our portfolio. We don't have any wind projects, and two of our buildings have gas central boilings, boilers, which we need to replace. Plus, there's a whole new world to understand about battery storage. And whether you're generating the electricity yourself, or you're buying it cheap in the evening and using it during the day, there's all sorts of possibilities. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this pretty rapidly growing sector, sharing it with you and bringing on some experts. I hope it's an area you're interested in too. Now, another thing I've been noticing, more properties are coming, or at least more properties are staying on the market. Agents are telling me how things have slowed down. And they're holding their breath to see if it's just the seasonal norm with summer and holidays or something more sinister. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But now is the time to recognise that buildings which do sit on the market, coupled with your understanding of the specific demands of your local market and the creativity you could bring to change the building to suit those demands is a great combination. That's where the money's made. Understanding market demand and bringing creativity to defunct buildings is the essence of what we do as commercial property investors. And when I say we, I mean to include myself, the many investors we work with, who are like us, small private investors working with limited funds. There are others, particularly investment funds and institutional investors that have loads of money and can build big new projects. But for me, I can see more value add and better margin in redeveloping. That's my niche. Okay, another trend. This is more of a a personal evolution, really, but nevertheless, it's a trend I'm witnessing. More and more of the people in our CPI network are buying commercial property. Many of them experience in residential, and they sought to change their investment profile. So in some cases... They explicitly want to move away from residential. In others, they just want to diversify. Some are purchasing in their SAS pensions. In others, they just want to find more scale. Whatever their background, though, what's interesting is seeing their confidence through building knowledge and taking action. You see, once you have more clarity about what's going on, it can be easier to spot the trends and be comfortable with your assumptions, mitigate the risks and take meaningful action. So I just bring this up to say, if you get yourself around other people that are in the swim, that are working through the commercial sector, it can be much more enlightening and you can learn so much faster. And I'm really excited about that. 
If you're listening, well done to all of you that have been buying buildings. You know who you are. Okay, next. The resilience of small businesses. I wanted to put this in. It's not necessarily a trend. It's just an observation. And it's it's a testament to their ability to adapt, flexibility. And small businesses rarely get the praise they deserve for that. And despite all the challenges, many have adjusted their operations, reduced their cost, increased sales, and creatively met changing customer behaviours. Some have had major changes, others less so. But from a commercial investor point of view, the point I want to make here is that their resilience, the resilience of those small businesses, is a promising sign for us, for those of us who can provide suitable spaces for these businesses. You can't always say that for big businesses these days. However, it is worth pointing out the hospitality sector continues to grapple with the hangover from the pandemic's financial impact, cautious consumers who are still not going out fully and entirely, and the perfect storm of rising costs. Now, hopefully things will ease there soon, or we're going to lose some more high-profile and often cherished locations. Right, that's my... I've got 11 there, so make of that lot what you will. Our job is to navigate the waters, to find the best places to plant and harvest. To do that, we need to keep an eye on the horizon, watching for these trends, but also keeping a firm hand on the tiller. Lots of trends have been emerging, and some will turn into fundamental changes, but others are going to fizzle out. One thing's for sure, though, there's going to be more opportunities. That's a natural byproduct from the pressures and changes in a changing, contorting market. And what changes are you seeing? Reach out, share your thoughts in the Commercial Property Investor Facebook group. Drop me a line. It'd be interesting to hear what you've been seeing. But probably the best way to summarise this episode for you, or maybe just for me, is to say that we as a business want to continue growing. We can see amazing opportunities for fantastic growth and development. And here's our want list. Interesting. We want more great talent to add to our team, ideally from a hospitality background. But it's not so easy to find because the jobs market continues to be tight. We need access to more money and we want more multi-let buildings. Occupancy is very good, thank you. We want more. Simple, really. Oh, and of course, we do want better joined up thinking from politicians, plus some stability. Not holding my breath on that one. And a solid functioning plan to get to net zero together. We can all do our individual parts, but we can't do it on our own. And funny that, really. It's all the kind of usual things, isn't it? (laughs) Some of the trends I mentioned hopefully are going to resonate with you. Some will become nothing. Others will shape our plans and opportunities for years to come. Now remember, while you keep your eye on that sunny horizon, do take time to enjoy being in the swim with the rest of us. (laughs) 